Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to WBRX Wake Up Call. I know that um, you know this is a little bit of a, a, a dreary, rainy morning here in uh, in uh, Houston, but uh, depending upon where you're at in Texas, if you're in Texas, you're you're going to uh, see some rain come through from this tropical storm. But it's uh, it's also a great opportunity if you're huddled in your home or office, whatever, to get a lot of calls done today. Uh, you know, as we build for our upcoming event here at Perry's tomorrow, there's been some questions about the viability of that meeting. Of course, you know, we're we're a go regardless, and uh, we'll announce uh, try to announce today. We have to check in with uh, with the venue there, but we may be able to assist some folks with um, uh, valet parking. That way, you know, in the event that we have a rain or it's constant rain, they they can pull up valet and, and pull in. It's not a an exorbitant cost, and I think we're, we're probably expecting somewhere in the area of 30 people. If you have not registered uh, online, please do so. Go to Eventbrite. I know that uh, some of you I'm looking at here on the call have, and we do appreciate that. And those of you that are that are coming and, you know, you're attending and maybe you don't, you know, you don't have a guest. I, I would, you know, we highly recommend that you certainly, you know, stay on the phone and do all that you can to promote and build for the event today, but in the event that you come and you don't have a guest, you know, we, we appreciate that because it is supporting the event. And I know that, you know, there are some instances where we, you know, these events have, you know, has been a challenge because we don't, you know, we, meaning myself or, or Sean, we, we don't even sit, you know, at the tables unless there is an open spot uh, because we want to make sure that, you know, all of the brand partners and their guests have an opening or an opportunity to come. So tomorrow's going to be a good event. I mean, we, we've got some cool things that we're doing. Uh, you know, Dr. Jasani, Dr. Patel, and Dr. Hollis will uh, will be at this event. And, you know, we're excited about uh, Dr. Hollis and his participation. I think he brings, you know, somewhat of a fresh perspective. And I think that, you know, his research and what he's learned about the endocannabinoid system, and, and just like many of the doctors that we approach and, and we, you know, have conversations with, they're, they're literally, you know, coming to an understanding of just how important it is to take care of, of this system in your body that regulates and, and creates homeostasis and a sense of balance uh, in, in everything that you're doing, you know, neurologically, your immune system. And, that's a, and it's, a very, um, it's very important to address it as, as often as much as you can with as many different compounds as possible. Now, the cannabis plant, as we all know, has about 115 different compounds known that do a phenomenal job of nourishing the endocannabinoid system, but there are a whole host of other uh, various compounds uh, nutritionally that do a phenomenal job of reducing inflammation in the body and addressing and nourishing the endocannabinoid system, which is really what our company is all about. So, we're in terms of our product. So we're gonna we're gonna be um, you know talking uh, tomorrow, not just about you know the clinical applications as it relates to you know our existing products, but some of the different compounds, and we're going to be, you know, having an opportunity uh, in, in the not-too-distant future to start addressing some of the ideas of, uh, of new compounds that we're going to be bringing on. And as I sit here today, uh, currently we, we know that we do have uh, a product that we're going to be pre-launching at this upcoming event. Uh, you know, we didn't, you know, we certainly didn't want to launch the product at the event until, you know, we had a clear picture and Sean and, and myself are going to be getting some samples, uh, but we're going to be giving you a much better idea of that product as we get closer. We're, you know, we don't want to be 
held to anything right now. It will be a surprise at the event. Uh, but I think that everyone's going to be pretty excited about what we're doing from the product perspective. And of course, as you guys know, you know we've uh, sent out the email, uh, you know, just before the weekend and uh, or over the weekend. I'm sorry. And uh, we certainly have our core group that we're bringing on the executive board of brand partners, which we're extremely excited about. I think that it gives us the opportunity to kind of dial in to the folks that. Um, you know, that, that really have helped us get to where we're at. They're, you know, we, we've kind of defined that they're, they are an active group of brand partners. Um, you know, they, they've exhibited not just in attitude and leadership, but in performance. Uh, you know, the things that are needed to really lead, um, you know, and, and we know that leadership, there are various steps in leadership, you know, and uh, certainly it's, you know, the title component and obviously the relationship component, but then you have that production component. And so that is very important. And, and by the way, that is, um, you know, those, uh, those requirements, um, you know, they're, they're absolutely for anybody and everybody. We're going to be contacting some of you that have already met the requirements, all the requirements, and giving you a better indication of some of the details that we're going to be doing as we go into that event. Uh, some of you are going to be involved in that event that have already accomplished those requirements. And we're going to be looking and talking to any of the brand partners some of which that you don't even hear or talk to on a regular basis here on these calls, uh, but they've met the requirements as well. Uh, so, you know, that, that's an, it's, it's an exciting new opportunity, and it has to be the right fit for everybody because not everybody right, is going to want to be tuned in, and they're not going to all want to participate in these calls and maybe other Zoom calls, either, either live or by proxy. We, we know that. And may that, that requirement alone may be something that kind of, you know, says, well, you know, this is not the right fit. And we understand that. And, and, you know, when Sean and I sat down to put this together, we, we, you know, we just said, hey, you know, we just want to find out who's in, you know, who we're going to be working with. I mean, that's really the, the issue because it's very difficult to really build a strong foundation and a strong company with, you know, with that, you know, people that are lukewarm. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it. I mean, it's, I, I, I mean, believe me, I'm some of my very best friends. I mean, California and otherwise, that they tune in to our calls and our Zoom calls. And it, it's not about, you know, our judgment. I mean, it's just a matter it's a business decision. And who is it that we're going to work with, you know? I mean, that's what you have to find out. And people, you know, you're, we, we are all in the people business, you know? And, and um, you know, there's a lot of different things that go on with us as individuals and other people. And, and, and there's no judgment or no foul if somebody just, this isn't what they feel called to do or led to do. I've learned that a long time ago. I'll, I'll just tell you a quick story. I mean, you know, we started a company, uh, you know, back in 2000 and I had a partner in that company and, you know, it was, it was a tough go getting it going. And this is a guy, by the way, who had earned a lot of money. He had earned more money than me as a distributor uh, and, and had built a solid big business. I mean, like, Solid, like I'm talking about seven-figure annual, not collective annual income, solid. But what happened is that we, you know, we left an income with a previous company, walked away, and, you know, we had resources, but we poured those resources into the company. And because things weren't moving as fast as we were hoping that they would move, uh, you know, my partner at that time, you know, um, was, was just not able to be functional uh, couldn't even do a conference call, you know, much less anything else. Now, there's nothing negative about that. He just 
became paralyzed and didn't fu- functionally did not know what to do to create revenue. He just lost the idea. I mean, that's what these things can happen to people. And you say, well, man, I wish so-and-so, many of you have been talking to me, I wish so-and-so was as committed as I was. Well, you know, you may have a higher level of commitment, and they may not. But that doesn't control what you do. You just have to decide to go. And, and, th- and that day, you know, my wife was reminding me that she said, Barry, you know, uh, you know, you had to pull the train in that day. I mean, there was really, he wasn't able to, to drive any revenue, and you had to go out there on your own and do it. And, and, and God blessed it, and it was just where we were at the time. I mean, I, I probably had a little bit more to lose, and that's usually the case. You know, usually the people that have the most to lose, uh, if something doesn't work, are the ones that really make it happen. And, and that was just my situation at that time. And I say this to you guys today because you may be facing, you may have people in your organization that just, for whatever reason, they're just not as effective as you are, okay? They'll, they'll talk to you about all the ideas and the things that they're going to be doing, but, or, or maybe they won't even talk to you. You know, it's just that you, you believe that they have the skill set and the talent, and, and for whatever reason, it's just not happening. And, you know, you have to be, you have to be decisive about what you're going to do in spite of it. Uh, you have to be directed at what you're going to do in spite of it. Um, you, you're going to have to decide no matter what uh, how you're going to approach it. And, and you know, I'm not, su- I'm not suggesting for one second setting unrealistic expectations. You can't do that. But at the end of the day, you just have to make the decision to go out and continue to build your group, build your team by doing exactly what we've, you know, been talking with you guys about for some time, it's becoming as effective as you can at every skill and, and deciding what you're going to think about every day. It's easy to fall, uh, you know, to fall into that situation where you start thinking you know, about things based on circumstances. You have somebody that comes into the business, you're excited. You have money in your account, you're excited. Uh, you don't, you're not. And people say, well, Barry, how in the world you know, can you stay excited? It's because you choose, about, you choose uh, what you dwell on and think about every day. And you'll attract what you think about. It's really that simple. It's not any more complicated than that. Now, I, by the way, I didn't, you know, create or come up with these, uh, you know, with these, um, I'll call them laws. I mean, they're laws of attraction. I did not uh, manifest this, and I did not write it and create it, but I have learned it. And when you learn it, you can learn, if you choose, how to apply it. And that's really where, where it comes down. I mean, it really boils down to the simplicity of those things. And, and you know, when, when I talk to people about how thoughts are things, it, it, it does mean that they are things. I mean, they, they are real. It, you know, they're not something that's just remote or, or, or lost from us. It just means that um, there are some things that we can decide we're going to choose to focus on. Now, each one of you on this call, each one of you has a whole lot of things in your life going on, I promise you. As I look at the group, and we have a pretty good solid group here on the line here this morning. Every one of you have issues and things going on in your life. I know that. I have them going on in mine. And there are some days that are frankly more challenging than other days. And there's not a lot that anyone can do about those things. The only thing that you have control over is the decisions and the attitude and the perspective that you choose to take on in any given point in time. That's all you can do. And once you do that, you start to find that things get easier regardless. Now, I'll go back to that year of 2000. 
we started the company, you know, our previous campaign that Sean was involved with, I was involved with, you know, my partner, after we started getting some, uh, a little bit of momentum, a little bit of growth, uh, he came around and he became very effective. It just wasn't there to begin with. Now, I, did I know what he was going to do or not do? I did not. I, I did not know. I, I didn't know if at any point in time on any given day, he was just you know, going to say, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I literally, regardless of how much money we put into it, regardless of his skill set, regardless of his experience, was very extensive, far, far more than myself. I mean, he was really the guy that recruited me into the industry, to be honest with you. And, and it, it just came that there were things that went on in his own personal life that did not allow him to become as effective at that time. But once we got things going, then he was able to kind of settle in and say, okay, now I can really focus in. I can become creative and I can find ways to talk to as many people as I possibly can inside and outside the group and, and look for creative ways to create business revenue. And, that, and that's exactly what he did. He, he was probably more responsible than anybody uh, at crafting and creating uh, the business model that, that allowed us to go into physician practices. He was the one that really crafted uh, and helped build that turnkey marketing system. I don't, I don't have any problem with, you know, recognizing those things that he did. And as a result of that, we were able to start developing, <clears throat> you know, new distributors that were medical doctors, and that started to attract a whole other group of people. You've heard Sean tell the story. He walked in and he saw people from NASA, medical doctors, you know, different groups of people than maybe what he had perceived would be in this industry, and that became very attractive to him, and he was not alone. There were a lot of other people just like Sean that said, huh, this is interesting. This doesn't sound or look like what I perceived network marketing to be. You know, many of you have asked me the question, Barry, you know, when you, when you talk to people, do you tell them that, you know, we're a network marketing company? You know, when I talk to people, interestingly enough, it never really comes up because I talk to them about, you know, building and developing uh, an international business, uh, a marketing and distribution entity of wellness-based products that uh, address the endocannabinoid system, which is a very, you know, uh, it, it's a new find. It's a medical breakthrough. And, and the conversation really doesn't get people thinking about network marketing. But if they ask me, I, I just tell them very openly. I say, listen, we have a compensation plan that pays people uh, revenue on what they do and what a lot of other people do. I guess it's very similar, probably exactly like a network marketing comp plan, but the way our company and the culture operates is not really reflective of that. And as a result of that, we have people that are, you know, real estate, uh, you know, entrepreneurs, they're um, uh, corporate salespeople, medical device and, and uh, you know, pharmaceutical sales folks. They're folks that have run, you know, divisions of large companies. They're, they are the ones that are saying, hmm, how much money, what is the opportunity to generate the, the maximum amount of income that I can, uh, not just based upon my own efforts, but other people's efforts. It just makes logical sense to them, right? And so there you have the needle that starts to move. And then that, that information and that messaging, it tends to compound and it tends to spread itself to lots of other people. And before you know it, you've got people like, you know, world-renowned economists that recognize the industry and they call it intellectual distribution. That's, their, that's you know, uh, Paul Pilser's uh, reference to this industry. 
And he talks about the fact that, you know, if you listen to him, he's all over YouTube. You can send, you know, go and listen to him at any time that you like. But, uh, you know, he did an interview, uh, you know, not too long ago. Uh, well, actually, it was, it was a little while back with Eric Worre, and he discussed and talked about uh, in that interview the reason that he believed that the industry of uh, direct sales was going to continue to explode and how, and how diverse and, and how interesting it is because now we're in a time where everyone is kind of acclimated to the idea of working from home. You know, that whole, that whole thing about, you know, being uh, in your underwear with a laptop and a cell phone has really become, you know, real life, you know. And, and, and here we are as a company, early on, you know, we haven't experienced some of the explosive growth that we experienced in that previous campaign at this time. But here's the great news. I believe, and I know that some of you believe, that we're right on the episode, we're right on the cusp, we're right on that we're right at that particular point in time, you know, that, that, that people refer to as the tipping point, that once you have an aggregated group that comes along and you have a couple of good things that happen, now this positive sense of momentum occurs. We're now coming up to our two-year anniversary. Hey, and people ask me, hey, Barry, you know, how have the last, you know, couple of years since you launched the company been? I tell them, hey, listen, it's been, it hasn't been a picnic. We've, we've had to go out there and build it. Uh, in in a business environment where getting together with groups of people has not been easy just because of the fact that we've gone through a global pandemic or a perceived global pandemic, whatever you want to call it, right? I mean, let's just face it, it's affected everybody. But those of you that are on this call and many others have stayed the course, you've focused in, you've actually seen what it's like to generate income, and you've experienced positive results. You know, I was talking with Olga the other day, and, you know, Olga goes out. I mean, last, I don't know what she earned last month. It was upwards of, I don't know, six or $7,000, something, somewhere in that ballpark. I can't remember exactly. I looked at the commission sheet. I can't see what it, I can't remember what it was. And, uh, you know, she wants to earn more money than that. You know, and I, I said, listen, Olga, you know, I, I want to tell you right now, there's no doubt in my mind that you can double and triple that income uh, by just getting some of the leadership in your organization to do what you're doing. Like it's not rocket science. How are you going out and inviting people to these events? What is the attitude that you project? What's the communication that you're giving? Teach your group to do what you're doing. You know, and, and if you do that, you'll probably find that there are some people in your organization that have some very good relationships with existing people in their sphere of influence. And the shortest distance between two points probably in the initial stage will come through people in their war market. Am I suggesting that you, you know, walk up and down the street and knock on, on doors and talk to people that you don't know? No, I'm not suggesting that you do that. I'm suggesting that you take the easiest, uh, the, the easiest route through relationships and business relationships that people have and focus in on helping the people in your group. If you're, if you're sitting here today, I, I was, I'm just looking at uh, Gail Kinney. So Gail Kinney has a whole host of folks uh, in her organization. Look, hey, Mitchell Holzer is on the line. He's got a whole host of folks in that organization. Hey, listen, the very best thing that you guys can do is just go out and find out what you can do to help your group. I remember, you know, back when Gail was kind of first getting acclimated uh, to the company and, you know, Mitchell was sitting down and having – Good, you know, quality time, breakfast, talking about strategic efforts that can be made. See, that's when you start building. 
you know, and if you're not spending time talking to the people in your group, I just want to be honest with you. That's a problem. It is. Now, if, you, if you're spending two minutes, three minutes just touching base, that's great. But inevitably, find somebody in your group that you can sit down with and have a conversation with about what you can do to help them accomplish their goals. You have goals. They are part of you accomplishing your goal. I would tell you, I mean, I, you know, Mitchell and I had a meeting, a two-and-a-half-hour meeting the other day. And the reason we did is because he's, he's valuable enough to me and to the company because he, you know, it wasn't planned, by the way. It just kind of happened. We just, you know, sat down to meet, and we didn't know how long it was going to be. It was going to be half an hour or two and a half hours. But as things shook out, the schedule allowed, and, you know, we were able to do that. Well, that doesn't mean uh, that, you know, things are going to become earth-shattering and we're going to have phenomenal – it just means that we, we spent time really – um, you know, meeting of the minds, understanding what each other, you know, would like to do and what we're prepared to do to go help each other, you know, really help, you know, him become as successful as he'd like to become. Now, that to me says everything. When someone's willing to take their time and their energy to do that. Now, I, I can tell you, do I always have two and a half hours to do stuff? Like, no. In fact, I, I probably don't. But those of you on this line, I mean, just going right down the line, I have definitely dedicated uh, time as it's needed. And, and I try to sift and find the folks that are bringing people. Olga will tell you how much time we've spent together, you know, just doing the things that are necessary to give her people. And sometimes does it, does it mean everybody that we sit down with gets involved? Absolutely not. It does not. I can tell you that Olga probably of all the people I've ever met and talked with in the, in the entire industry uh, has probably had more people sit down and say, I'm ready to start at the top and then leave and do nothing than anyone. And that's why I, I have so much admiration for Olga. She doesn't let those things bother her. She just knows that every no is taking her one step closer to the yes. The fact of the matter is she still has people sitting down continuously. I promise you tomorrow she'll have new people sitting in that event. I, it, look, I was, I was thinking in my mind about the people that continue to bring new people. Gail. She'll have new people at this event. I think that I saw on Eventbrite she already purchased her ticket and then several tickets for other people that she was bringing as guests. So that, by the way, is someone who's building a business. By going out, promoting, inviting, spending the time on the phone. What, what, you, what she will be doing today, I promise you, what Olga will be doing today is they will be focused in on who they can get to that event. That doesn't mean that Michael Vanderveer won't. That doesn't mean that Mitchell won't. I'm just talking to you guys about what I've seen a pattern of over time, right? And, and that pattern, by the way, starts to continue to become reflective. And before you know it, you've got other people that say, hmm, well, maybe I need to do that. I wouldn't mind earning an extra seven, ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 a month building a business. And maybe this becomes a real business. Maybe, maybe there, these, these are people in your organization that want to be a participant in the executive board of brand partners where the company can start pouring its time, energy, and resources into those folks. And it's, it, it starts somewhere. So I just want to encourage you guys. You know, I, I know that, um, you know, we're at a unique time. We've got some phenomenal things going on. We just came off of our first uh, annual trip. You know, I'll never forget our first annual trip in the previous company. Uh, I can't, I'll never forget it because 20 years ago, on 9-11, we were in Florence, Italy, when we learned that the uh, World Trade Center was no more. And we got back to the ship. It was like looking at a, a, uh, a sci-fi movie. It literally, 
it shook everyone to the core. And I'm, you never, just never, no one, none of us will ever forget that day, right? And that's where we were with our brand new group of people <laughs> that we just started a company with. And we didn't know if we were going to be able to fly home, much less to know if we had a company, we had a group to build. And that group of people, that small group of people on that ship out in the Windstar, uh, they, they were responsible foundationally for building and developing a company that did over $400 million in business. And it helped a lot of people become uh, a lot different than they were financially. It helped a lot of people, uh, you know, with the products that we delivered. It is still, by the way, are being sold today through the company that uh, acquired those pro that intellectual property. So all those things, guys, are just a reflection of what the possibilities are. And you have the opportunity at any given time to focus in on the potential, the possibilities, and what can happen and become creative and start getting into revenue-generating activity if you choose to. Believe me, it is a choice. It's completely, it, it absolutely is a choice because there's also the other side of it. If you focus in on other things, your actions will be a reflection of what you're focusing in on. It will be difficult for you to track any sort of new business or create any sort of new business because of where you are personally. You have to get you right before you can become anything uh, in the way of marginally effective of building and developing a business in this space. You can do it in other businesses, I promise you. <laughs> you know, you can do it in, the, you can do a lot of things in other businesses. In fact, that may be the right thing to do. But if you're here and you say, okay, I want to go out and lead and grow and develop, then those, are, those will be the basic requirements. And then you start leading and guiding and directing it, and, and you start finding a way to, to develop other people in the organization. So with that, I'm now going to turn the, uh, the call over to my partner, Sean Baker. Sean, I always appreciate your words, and I'm uh, going to sit here and take some notes and appreciate you on the call. Thank you so much, guys. And uh, if I would recommend take some time and listen to what, you know, to what I'm saying, listen to what Sean's saying, and, and take some notes and, and do the best job that you can as you go out this week, you'll probably find a, a way to become highly effective if you choose to do that. So with that, Sean, I'm going to turn the call over to you, brother. Go ahead. Hey, good morning, everybody. Thanks, Barry. Great job, and good Monday morning to you guys. Yeah, it looks like here on the Texas coast we're in for a little bit of weather, but that's okay. You make productive time out of inside, outside work, whatever you got to do, right? So one of the things I want to talk about with you guys today, because as Barry was talking about his historic journey with his previous partner and the money they generated, you know, a lot of things go through people's heads when they look at it, an opportunity and they think they're going to be involved in something and it doesn't maybe line up or look exactly how they thought. Right. And I'm sorry to say, and I'm not talking about anyone on this call necessarily, but we are to some degree have become a kind of a nation of convenience a nation of, I hate to use the word quitters, but I'm just calling it what it is. And I, and I can say that because I, I look back, you know, and Barry often talks about what class is not to take, and he's right. Um, but I look back at my sponsor, you know, my opportunity. When I got involved with Barry, you know, initially that was through a, a good friend named John. And this John. John is actually the reason Barry and I got reconnected today. And some of you guys have met John, and many of you have certainly at least heard about John. But the truth is, you know, John did all the right things initially, Mine is, you know, how he sampled me. He sampled me as poorly as he was probably sampled, if I'm being honest, because they weren't really looking for a product-driven opportunity at the time, nor was I, if I'm, if I'm being candid. I was just looking for an opportunity. I needed to offset and make some money. 
I didn't really care about the products. I didn't really care about, you know, who the products were going to help initially. And, and, I'm, and I'm taking the time to, to, to talk to you guys about this today because I want you to know those were my initial thoughts. And they changed. When I lost weight, of course, I cared about people losing weight. And when I had more energy, I quickly began to have the ability to talk to people about having more energy. When I quit drinking a sick, literally a six pack of Dr. Pepper every day, well, then those things as a byproduct became information I could share with people that was inspiring to them. There was more people than I realized that drank, you know, coffee and sodas all day that didn't really want to. They just didn't feel like they had a safe, effective alternative outside of maybe five hour energy or monster and, and those, you know, emphasis on safe, right? Those are, those are questionable products. They give you heart palpitations, lots of sugar. I mean, there's just, you know, people know about those products, but I share that with you to say, when I got involved, I only cared about the money. I remember <laughs> Barry telling me, look, you're going to have some people interested in the product and some people interested in the opportunity. And guys, the truth is, I think at my young, arrogant age, I think I remember saying, oh, well, I won't talk to people about the product. I only want to talk to people interested in the opportunity. That's how short-sighted I was because I hadn't yet evolved, and I didn't have a leader or a sponsor at the time that was showing me the error of my ways. That's the, that's the point I'm trying to illustrate is I'm not here to rag on John or pick on John or badmouth John behind his back. But the fact is, he was an absentee sponsor. Now, I'll share a little bit of the economics with you guys only because, you know, it's something that Barry and I have talked about before. We just changed the comp plan ranks. We just increased the value of the ranks, which means if you guys haven't done the math for yourself, it means for every, you know, PPC that we have, the value of their distributorship, should they decide to turn around someday and pass that to their family or try to sell that in the open market, the value of something they bought has gone up. Well, guys, when I got involved in, 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 with Barry back with John in 2002, John started at $30,000 on a credit card. Now, I don't know exactly what John's situation was at the time, but I can tell you he was twice divorced with a child with each mom and working for Enterprise Rent-A-Car like I was, so he probably wasn't in a significantly different financial situation than myself. I started at $30,000 also on a credit card. The difference was, I think one of the best things that ever happened to John was sponsoring me into the business and moving half of his inventory to me. And I don't mean me as in me, me, me. I just mean sponsoring a person, which he did, it happened to be me, who got involved at the same rank he did, which I did, and he was able to wholesale half of his inventory to me, which he did, and then watch me go to work. Well, the reason I say that was the best thing and the worst thing that could have happened to him is I don't know what John's debt threshold was, but I know after he sponsored me and moved half of his inventory and made a nice, you know, fat five, six, seven thousand dollar check, that other fifteen thousand dollars worth of inventory he had just kind of became no big deal. And I only know that because four or five years later, he moved, and because we were friends outside the business, he calls and says, Hey, will you swing by and help me move just a couple of things, a couch, 
a refrigerator, just a couple things I can't get on my own. So I said, yeah, sure, no problem. And I went by, and I helped him move, and voila, there was a boxes and boxes and boxes of inventory that had expired, was now no good. He And I got to tell you guys, I say this with the, with the utmost love and respect for my dear friend, but the guy's 5'8", five, 5'9", five, maybe 5'10", in cowboy boots, and weighs 300 pounds. And we were selling weight management products. So I tell you all that to say, I have no idea why a guy would get involved in the wellness industry and not consume the product. I'll never know. I have no idea why he would capitalize the distributorship at $30,000, sponsor one guy who happened to be me. Again, this isn't ego at all, but it happened to be me. He moved half of his inventory. You'd think, you'd think a guy that had had success. And by the way, I didn't get involved and then turn around and, and pardon my French guys, but I didn't get involved and bitch moan and complain. I got involved and I was ready to run. I should have been motivation for this guy to go out and sponsor one more person. Oh, by the way, I started using the products and I lost, I don't remember exactly now because I've gone up the, up and down the roller coaster since then, but I think I lost 30 or 35 pounds and have the pictures and magazines to prove it. You'd think John would have been inspired and motivated by that to start using the product. So I'm telling you all that to say you have your list of people with big question marks beside their name. So what? So do I. I had people I wanted to sponsor into the business that, that were hot and heavy that never got involved, and I'll never know why. I had people that got involved and were wildly successful that I thought didn't necessarily think would be, and I have no idea what inspired or motivated them or what their hot button was, but they went out and killed it. And then I have other folks that should have been Hall of Famers. They should have been superstars. My buddy John has, I mean, if you've ever met John and Barry, I'll tell you, he's articulate, he's funny, he's well-read, he's pretty well-traveled. So, so he can hold a conversation with somebody in almost any venue, almost any setting. But for whatever reason, he gets over into this environment, he gets over in this world, and he's different. It's not, it's not that the business opportunity is different. It's not that the products are different. He is different, and I don't know why. Barry doesn't know why. And at the end of the day, guys, ultimately, sadly, for my dear friend John and for, for, for Barry and I, it doesn't matter. John will come alive in this space when he chooses, or he never will. And that's okay. That's between John and God. Or, and this isn't, again, guys, this isn't about John. It's about whomever, you know, if the shoe fits kind of deal. But Barry and I have been around it. And the only thing that makes he and I different or the Olgas, if you will, of the world is we just understand you just keep swimming. You just keep going. You just keep doing the things that are required of you day in and day out for all the reasons that we said, whether it's a, a product journey, whether it is a, uh, an opportunity. I mean, I tell you, we're richly blessed to have folks like Gail is a great example. Very excited about the opportunity, very money motivated. And I say that laughingly and in a good way, we all have some, some folks that have financial goals and financial desires, but separate and apart from all that, talk to Gail about her dad and her product testimony, his results with our balance. You couldn't dynamite Gail out of the opportunity because of the product and the opportunity. You talk to someone like, like uh, Jay, uh, Joseph, Joseph Trahan has made money in the business, has been very successful in other businesses, but talk to him about his dad's pain, 
talk to him about the the results his father's having with the products and, and being able to reduce his pain medication. And there again, you can't blast people like that out of the business. We have folks, I'll tell you, that have gotten involved and you don't see their faces today, but if you could get into our back office system, they order product month in and month out. You know, we have other folks that, that don't use product, but they collect a check month in and month out because they got involved early. So it's just, it's just a different journey than many that we've been on. And, and if you really look at it, guys, to some degree, it's not. To some degree, it's not all that different a journey. And when I, was, when I say that, what I'm talking about is, is, again, the convenience and the mentality that some of us have today as Americans. You know, 50, and I'm not trying to get on a stump here, I'm just saying 50-some-odd percent of marriages, depending on which statistic you look at, end in divorce. Were those, that's two people that stood up, made a vow in front of their respective families, in most cases, you know, bride's side, husband's side, they stand in front of a preacher or a priest or a rabbi, they swear before God or the God that they believe in that they will love and honor and cherish each other for their entire days on the earth. And about 50% of them go, hey, this is too hard. I can't do it. This is not what I thought it would be. I want out. So, guys, partnerships are tough. Relationships are tough. You just have to decide which side of the 50% that you want to be on, essentially. And that's the side that says, hey, I know it's tough. And when the going get tough, the tough get going. Or, hey, everybody else is quitting, so what's the big deal, right? I'll just, I just, I won't keep my word either, right? And there's a, there's a decision you have to make. Now, I'm not talking about staying in unhealthy environments, please. I'm not talking about staying in a bad marriage or an abusive relationship. I'm not talking about any of those things. I'm just talking about internally we all know whether you're doing push-ups on the floor or bench press in the gym or running down the street and you know, well, you know, I just got to make it to that stop sign. You know if you quit three steps before the stop sign or if you ran as hard as you could to the stop sign and, started your decline three steps after. I, I don't know that for you. You know that for you. So the parallel is, you know, I don't know if you called 10 people last week. I don't know if you called 10 people this summer. You know, and I'm not even trying to call you out, whoever you are, right? I'm just talking respectively. But, but you guys know if you're out there sampling. You know if you're out there engaging people in the three-foot rule. You know, you know if you followed up to sell someone product. You know if you've invited someone to come to Perry's. You know if you invited them to come to last Saturday's call or not. And I'm not talking about what they did. I'm not talking about if they should. Well, they said they were going to come, but then they didn't come to the call. That's not on you. That's on them. But the part that's on you is did you invite them? Did they have the information? Do they know about Perry's? Do they know what a great guy Barry Koshu is and how successful he's been and how many other people he's helped be successful? Those are the things that you can and should be controlling. If you don't have 10, 20 25, 30 samples in your possession, you know that. And you know that you're ill-equipped to go out and build a successful, strong business. And I'm not here to, to pick on anybody. I'm just saying those are things that, that fortunately somebody pulled me aside. Barry many times, my old mentor Paul, maybe Barry's partner Lou. You know, I had people pull me aside and say, hey, man, can I borrow a sample box? And they would often do that to see if I had one or not. I remember one time Paul said, hey, can I borrow a sample box? he was holding a sample box. I said, dude, you have a sample box in your hand. Why do you need a sample box from me? He said, I just want to see if you have one. And I did, fortunately, but, but it was just a test to say, hey, man, you know, if you were to bump into somebody that said, I really want to try your product, 
can you sample them? Now, that given day, I could, but let's be honest. Was that, was that every day? No. Did I have samples with me everywhere I went? Not in the beginning. Now, once I figured it out, once I got out of my own way, once I quit worrying about the dumb things of the business, because I remember it being so silly at one point, and I'm talking about the history. Hopefully this isn't going on in our organization, and if it is, I implore you to please stop immediately. But we would get to meetings and they wouldn't be talking about prospects. They wouldn't be talking about how many people they sampled. They would be talking about who's dating who. Or, hey, did you know so-and-so got in on a shared volume deal and they got PPC for, you know, a different amount than this person did? Or, hey, did you know the only reason that person went from, you know, manager to national marketing director is because so-and-so had a prospect and they want to make sure they put them in their second company, not their first. It, it was gossipy and it felt gross, you know, and fortunately we put a, we, we put a squash to it very, very quickly. We just didn't tolerate that in the other organization and, and for good reason, but people want to get together and they want to get hung up on the drama. They want to get hung up on the stuff that, gosh, I guess it, I mean, who somebody's dating, what does that matter? Where, you know, where someone started in the business versus, you know, when they upgraded or why they upgraded I mean, a lot, of, a lot of corporate companies will fire you. Now, we're not a corporate, you know, we're not a corporate structure and we're not all rigid and you guys are, you know, a volunteer army. But a lot of companies, you're forbidden to discuss your comp plan, you know, with other employees. It's in your employee handbook. You get fired for it because it's just not, you know, it's just not important. If one VP is, you know, valued at 5000 bucks a year more than some other VP and, and, and that's just what the company decides and that's their business. And if the two employees get to yik-yakking at lunch about it, they could both be in jeopardy. Well, guys, <laughs> we're not corporate America, but we're not going to stand for that kind of garbage either. It's just, it's just not necessary. It's not fruitful, and it's not productive. We have so many good things going on that we need to be focused on our products, our marketing opportunity, upcoming events. I mean, Dr. Ken Hollis, guys, if you guys don't know him or you're not excited about him, you should be. You should get some time around him. He's funny. He's fun. He's creative. He's wildly intelligent. He's well-spoken. I mean, he is going to be a huge addition, just a part. I mean, the world doesn't revolve around Dr. Hollis. Don't get me wrong. But he is going to be a phenomenal addition to our team. That's what we should be talking about. Not, not you know, coming in late, throwing your bags around, complaining about how bad of a day you had, you know, jonesing for that drink or that glass of wine or, I mean, you know, just be aware of your energy, be conscious, be cognizant, and focus on the positive. Focus on all the great stuff that we have going on. Does everyone have challenging week in their day job or crazy kids or a crazy husband or a crazy wife or a wild situation? Sure, we get it. We completely understand. But check that at the door, honestly, and come in prepared to have a good time, to share good energy, to talk about successful stories of who you sampled this week or, or who you're going to sample next week or who you've got in the funnel and what direction the business is taking, all that good, fun stuff. Don't worry about all the other stuff. It's just noise in the signal, as they say. So I would just tell you guys, we've got some phenomenal stuff going on. I know that tomorrow night it's going to be very well attended. Barry, I haven't even had a chance to talk to you about this, but, I mean, we, we had a, a blip on the radar for – this Thursday uh, up in Dallas-Fort Worth, uh, we had Dr. Andy and his wife, Jenny Crossland, got involved at uh, Director last month, 
and they've already put together an event for their staff and for their patients. And they've got, I believe, Jen Rennell told me last count was 25 or 30 people going to be at an event at their clinic Thursday in Fort Worth, and they're ready to kick off their business in a serious way. Well, does that mean that we go from one chiropractor to, to 10 to 50 to 100? Absolutely. Does it start here? Very possibly could. I, I don't know, you know, but this, this is a very motivated uh, young lady, energetic, uh, well-spoken, very highly educated, marketing background. I have the utmost uh, belief that she could be wildly successful, and then her husband's a chiropractor, also very well-spoken, very respected by his patients uh, and his peers, and this could be the beginning of something huge right there for Jim in the Fort Worth market, you know, right there. And then you've got Gail, and you've got Olga, and you've got Joseph, you've got Mitchell Reignite him. There's just a lot of stuff. You don't have to look very far to find something positive and exciting and uplifting and encouraging to talk about. Just, just check all the other stuff, if it's even going on. I'm not even saying. I'm not, I'm not a, a privy to all the conversations. But if that stuff's going on, guys, just squash it. Squash it amongst yourselves. Don't make Barry and I get involved in and be the bad guys for silly talk. You know, let's just focus on all of the things that generate income and move product. Now, the other thing I want to talk to you guys about, and it's something that Barry and I just kind of, you know, kind of scratch our head over because neither of us are big script guys. We're just not. And neither of us want to create robots and cookie cutter, right? Barry's got a very unique story. He's got a very unique background. He has a beautiful way of weaving in, you know, his journey, with his education, with his faith, with his children. You know, Barry really embodies the lifestyle aspect of this business. If you ever talk to Barry, he's up early, typically, sending emails, sending text messages on the phone, you know, and then at some point in the day, he likes to get his workout in. But I would assure you, he's talking to folks or he's prospecting, he's meeting people, or he's probably on conference calls at the gym, on the treadmill, or doing whatever, you know, whatever he can to balance that, he needs to get his workout in. He needs to have his, his him time, and he's got a business to run. And, and when people understand, you know, I can't tell you how many calls. Now, we haven't been playing a lot of golf lately, not even kind of. But in the past, I can't tell you how many calls uh, I fielded on the golf course and, and advanced the agenda. Did I necessarily close a deal on the golf course? I don't recall, not that I remember. But did I move someone from a, hey, man, really enjoyed the meeting last night, how do I get more information? You know, they come to this call or come to this meeting, and I could facilitate the movement, the BAM-FAM aspect, right? Barry says, book a meeting from a meeting. So literally, we would have a meeting on a, on a Thursday night. I would have prospects there that were sampled, sat through the information, got to glad hand one of the doctors. They would have a good time. We would have a scheduled follow-up call on Friday. They would be at their J-O-B. I would be out on the golf course and we would be scheduling a time to get together tomorrow, Saturday, as a follow-up to, to yesterday's Thursday meeting, right? That's when things were clicking. That's when I understood the value of this business. And now, guys, fast forward with Zoom and technology. And I'll tell you right now, I have in, a, I have in my fancy new AirPods. I have in my – I'm holding my uh, – uh, fancy new iPhone that, that, that I was encouraged by many to get. And I went for a run this morning, and I'm, I'm walking down the gravel road talking to you guys, utilizing technology, being productive, and my exercise is done for the entire day. 
I'm going to shower up, clean up, and then I've got a conference call again at 10. I've got a conference call at 10.30. Like, like the show goes on. The busier you are, the more active you are, typically the more productive and fruitful you become. And so you, again, back to personal accountability, guys, and this morning's a great example. Those of you on the call that didn't need the reminder because, you know, we do have a call every Monday at 8.30 barring a holiday, I commend you. I commend you for being on the call and being on time without the electronic reminder. Now, does that mean we don't need to get that issue resolved? No, it doesn't. We do. We need to get that issue resolved. Trust me, they're going to laugh when I, when I say, guys, I don't know how hard this is, but this isn't the first time. You know, when I talk to our team about how we missed another reminder this morning, they're not going to like it, but I'm, they're going to hear from me. But at the end of the day, should that really matter? I have a $1,000 iPhone with a Google calendar, an Apple calendar, I got calendars coming out my yin-yang, shouldn't I be able to put an 8.30 reminder on Monday in my own calendar, whether the text message goes out or not? I most certainly should, and so should you. And we have a Tuesday night testimonial call, and we have a Saturday compensation call. These things should be on your calendar, because if they're not even on your calendar, how are you bam famming? How are you booking a meeting from a meeting? So there's just questions that, that you guys are welcome, you know, not in this environment, obviously, but you're welcome to, to call Barry or call Sean one-on-one, two-on-one, send us an email, whatever. But, but we're sometimes left scratching our head when we get on a Saturday call and there's no prospects for the third, fourth, fifth Saturday in a row. And again, if it's the prospect, that's not what we can control. But I can tell you, if you know that you didn't invite someone to last Saturday's call, I'm not going to say shame on you, but let's just be real with it. You know, like, like I'm not going to to shame you, so I'm not even going to say shame on you. But just know your business is only going to grow is the size of participants at meetings, the size of participants on calls. You've got to get your 10 folks in front of Barry and I to collect eight no's and two yeses. That's just the math of it, guys. I wish it were different. I wish it were – actually, I don't because I love the beauty of the journey. But, but I know many of you wish it were different. That's just how it is. Olga is a great example. She's probably going to put 100 people in front of us before others put 10 people in front of us. But you know what? Out of Olga's 100, 80 are going to say no, and the right 20 are going to say yes. I mean, the Ed Husteds, you know, the, the Patties, the, the, I mean, there's just so much going on, guys, that if you, if you could see, you know, Barry recommended a book one time. What I was going to say is if you could see it through our eyes, you would see it so differently. But, but Barry recommended a book to me one time, and I forget who wrote it. When Barry concludes the call, if he remembers, he can tell me. But it was called The Traveler's Gift. Uh, and he gave it to me one year for Christmas. Great read, great book. But one of the stories, this guy kind of hops in and out of, of – uh, he's kind of time traveling, uh, for lack of a better word. Well, no, I guess he is, in fact, time traveling. It's called The Traveler's Gift. But anyway, he hops – and I forget who all he's in front of, maybe Einstein or Edison. He's you know in front of these great people. But he teleports, I guess, if you will, to Christopher Columbus's boat. And they're sailing, and they've, they've been gone for weeks, right? So they can't see land in any direction. They, 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 know which from, they know from where they came, but they don't know exactly where they're headed. And it's the point in the book, it is the point in their journey, where they've run out of food. They don't have enough food to go back and make it. They'll starve. And if they go forward, they'll, they, they believe their calculation, if, if their calculations are correct, if they keep trudging forward, 
They have enough food and, and supplies to get to a forward destination, but they do not have enough food and supplies to get to their return destination, to go back from where they came. So they were kind of at that, they were not kind of, they had reached and crossed that point of no return, right? Where they talk about burning the boats, so to speak. And so the guy stands in front of Christopher Columbus and he's looking out at out the, out the horizon, at the ocean. He says, you know, I just, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. And he said, Christopher Columbus says something to the effect of don't look at the horizon, look into my eyes. Like, let me be your vision for you. And then of course, you know what happened with Christopher Columbus and the rest is history. So all of that to say, I know, guys, sometimes we ask a lot of you guys from a faith or from a belief or from a just trust, you know, type perspective, but it's only because we've seen it. I, I have, have I seen a million dollars a month in revenue in my own personal organization? No, I haven't. I've experienced, you know, two, three, four hundred thousand more times than I can count. I've experienced six, seven, eight hundred thousand a handful of times, enough to know that a million is possible. And, oh, by the way, I'm partnered with a guy who's seen it happen time and time again, million dollars a month over and over and over. Barry oftentimes helps expand or extend my vision because of the things that he's experienced. So it's a lot, you know, guys, I know I use metaphors and I use parallels, but there's, there, the reason why is because their story is based in history and fact. No one had ever run a four-minute mile until a guy ran a four-minute mile. And then when, when, I think his last name was Barron, after he ran the four-minute mile, subsequently, no one had ever done it in recorded history. He goes out and does it, and within a year, a half a dozen, dozen people go out and do the exact same thing. Broke his record because he first broke the record, right? So they, they saw his vision. They saw what he accomplished. They put their mind, and, their, and, and in this case, their running shoes, to work, and they went out and, and did something better or bigger than what he did, but he first had to do it. So, so guys, the, the first man or woman through the wall always gets their teeth kicked in. They always take a beating. They always have to work harder than the, than the next guy, right? We're, a, we're a, an environment. I don't say this in a negative way, by the way, but we are a culture of one-uppers. We're a culture of, oh, you did this. You made this phone. Let me make a generation two and make it better. So, guys, sometimes Generation 1 folks, which was what most of you are, you have a rougher go. But that's what makes it special. That's what makes it unique. If it was easy, everybody would do it. If, if it were easy to make a million dollars, everybody you met would be a millionaire. It's not. It's not complicated, by the way, but it's not easy. And it's not the stuff that you think it is. It's all the stuff that Barry and I are talking about that prevents any of us from having the desires of our heart and the financial rewards that, that, you know, that accompany it. So with that, guys, hopefully some of this is making sense. Some, some of this is resonating and, and absorbing. It really does start in your mind. It really does start with your words. It starts with the desires of your heart. So please guard your words, create an environment and a culture that's encouraging, uplifting, and most importantly is focused on the right things and is, and is avoidant of all the wrong things, all the stuff that just doesn't matter to building a business. So with that, guys, it's Monday. We're going to have a great week, big event tomorrow in Houston, apparently a very big event in, in, in Fort Worth on Thursday. Going to be a great week. And, Barry, I appreciate you having me on and look forward to you concluding the call. Thank you, sir. Awesome. Great job as always. And, guys, you know, as Sean is concluding the call, you know, I, I can just tell you something I have written down in my notes. 
you know, thoughts are things. Thoughts become words. Words become actions. Actions become habits. Habits become your character. Your character becomes your destiny. So thoughts really are things, guys. They're real. I mean, it's like, and the only person that has control over what you think about, that would be you, 100%. Therein lies the defining difference, right, is that we literally do have control of what we think about. We don't have to think about the circumstances at the moment. If we choose not to, we can look beyond it, right? So I want to say this as we conclude, guys. Obviously, everyone knows we've got a tropical storm bearing down uh, on us, and, uh, you know, we're going to make an announcement later today if there is a change. We'll talk about where that change will be. It'll, it will be a rescheduled event, and hopefully we can manage it this week if we make a change. We want to pay close attention to the direction of the storm. We don't want to put anybody in harm's way, travel, flash flood, etc. So please tune in. Uh, be looking at your emails today and your texts uh, for announcements as to whether we're going to move forward with the event, okay? or it will be rescheduled and designated. So we're going to look today at everyone that has already gone and scheduled and bought your ticket on Eventbrite. We're going to make sure we contact those people first, and then we will be making announcements today just so that everyone's aware of that. So with that said, guys, have a phenomenal day. We look so much forward to what is to come this week, and we look forward to seeing you all uh, very soon. God bless. Have a great day. Bye-bye.